Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Attention Strictly Hoop Talk and Strictly Hip Hop listeners. Fans, you know I've been talking about this clothing line forever, but Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get dope clothes, man. I'm telling you, I just got a hoodie in the mail today. It is awesome. It is one of their premium uh, hoodies, and they have they have so much more, though, than hoodies. They have beanies. They have hats. They have long sleeves. They have t-shirts. They have everything and they got more stuff coming soon i was just told that they have more stuff coming soon so fans go to anti forever usa today and remember to use the special co- promo code platty to get 10 percent off your purchase that's p-l-a-t-t-e and make sure you know that the p is capital the link will be in the description of the podcast shop anti forever usa today anti forever Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, and joining me for the first time, got a new hip hop guest. Uh, long time coming, though, is my good friend from Kickback Hip Hop, Connor Ennis. Connor, how you doing, man? Great, man. Thank you so much for having me on the pod. I've been looking forward to this for a long time now. This has been overdue. Yeah, man. Uh, Connor's just a guy that I, I found on Twitter, and uh, we started talking. I think our, our first conversation was about... Uh, was about DJ Khaled's I Got the Keys, right? Wasn't it that? Yeah, it was It was something along that line. I remember we went back and forth talking um, through the Debating Albums Twitter page for a while. Yeah. And we met through there, and then we just kind of had similar interests in music and everything, and we both wanted to do this, this hip-hop thing, so it just kind of just meshed together. Yeah, and perhaps this is a pod for another day, but it's crazy when we were talking and we were we were figuring out everything. And we were kind of learning each other's our taste in music and everything, and we kind of had like a lot of the sim like the same path to where we got to today musically and our tastes and everything. And it's it's very interesting because I always thought I had a very out there and unique kind of like way of getting into hip hop and like kind of like the story of me getting into hip hop. But we kind of like connected through the same artists like Webby and such. So uh, that was that was a cool story. But that's a pod for another time, man. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So today we're here to talk Big Boy, Outcast Legend, one half of Outcast. Um, he dropped an album called Boomiverse, and we're going to review it. So the background information on this album, real quick before we get in, is this is Big Boy's third solo album, uh, first since 2012. His solo albums have done okay commercially and critically. 
having decent but not great success. He has a music Metacritic score of 74 before Boomiverse, which is not yet up there. Um, and part part of this is because of the large and looming shadow that his Outcast days have on his music. Um, so regard, regardless, though, I've always enjoyed his solo career, and I think it's become underrated and kind of... Uh, it's kind of been almost forgotten in some in some aspects, and he's he's almost kind of become a casualty of his former success because of Outkast reaching such extraordinary heights. But um, regardless, as far as this album goes, the first week sales are not final, but is expected to be around twenty five thousand sales with the adjusted stream model. So um, so a decent selling. Def again again kind of fits kind of fits the mold of what his what the commercial success has been for big boy which is okay but not great um post outcast nothing like nothing like the success outcast has which is everything's platinum and you know they got some of the highest they got the highest selling hip-hop album of all time so um so definitely not achieving that level but it's still a decent decent level commercially um so before we get into the album connor why don't you give me your initial expectation coming into the album before your first listen well, I would say at this point in his career, uh, Big Boy is out of his prime. So, you know, they my, I don't think my expectations going into the album were as high as they would have been maybe 10 years ago. But it still is Big Boy, you know, he can rap and everything and he, he gives us good lyrics all the time. So I still was expecting that, but maybe not the best sound that we've heard from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. See, like me, I mean, you know, obviously with Outkast, we... Outkast always gave us a very eclectic. Um, they gave us very eclectic albums, so I was expecting something very eclectic because Big Boy, as an artist himself, is very eclectic. So um, that and that is what we got on this album. And I was just very curious, like you. I think I think you kind of worded it different differently, but we have similar thoughts. And that my thought was, I was just very curious to see how much of these sounds because I knew we were going to get a wide range of sounds and Sonics. But I was curious to, as to how much I would actually like. So um, that was a, that was kind of my feeling coming into the album. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's jump in, uh, Connor. I'll let you kick it off. Give me give me one track that you that you want to talk about off this album. Uh, the first track I'd like to talk about is Order of Operations. Okay. All right. Um, you want me to go ahead and yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it? Yeah, go ahead and take the floor. Okay, so. The reason I really wanted to talk about this track is because the instrumental was easily my favorite on the album. Um, I thought that the song overall was like a little bit more emotional than, than the first four tracks were. First four were kind of a little bit harder instrumentals and and um, some like harder rapping and bars and everything. And to be honest, I just thought like the production, uh, the lyricism and everything on this song that he displayed was super dope and it just like, it was really catchy to me. It caught me, and I think it was one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, um, I, I like it. It was very. Uh, it was. It was one of the first um, songs on this album that had a, a nice clash with the modern trap sound, um, with the modern South trap sound. So I liked that. Like you said, it was a little bit more emotional um, than the previous songs on the album, and uh, I love. Again, you said very catchy hook. I agree with that. Um, I love at the end of the verse at the of the second verse big boy says you know dungeon family first generation that was a nice hip-hop moment too that he kind of dropped in there which was um for those of you that don't know the dungeon family uh do your homework because that is a big part of hip-hop especially the south so 
Um, so that was a nice hip hop moment. That was that was a cool thing. And yeah, I agree with you. Overall, I, I liked I liked the song a lot. I thought it was I thought it was definitely one of the standouts. One of one of my favorites. Um, again, the the hook was one of my favorites on this album, uh, and, and this was definitely one of my favorites off the album. Yeah, I, I I really just like the instrumental when I first listened to it, when it when it, the song first started playing. Like I really liked the first three or four. Uh, this is the fourth track, I believe. The yeah. first three songs, like I really liked them and everything, but it it just stood out to me. Like the instrumental was just like raw and and a little bit slower, and just the emotion that was on that track overall was one of my favorites. Yeah, I I would agree with that. So it. So I'm going to take the floor now and talk about a song that kind of goes off of that, and that is In the South. And that is, I believe, the next track. I believe that's track five. Um, and this one this one was really dope because I love the Pimp C sample in the intro slash like kind of hook of, of the record. Drake, take notes on how to use a Pimp C feature. Um, I, love, I love that Big Boy and Gucci collab on this record. It gives the record a connection, it kind of a connection of generation of the south and i like that because kind of just like how we were talking about before with i got the keys that was our first conversation we had and uh i got the keys was kind of that for mainstream because jay was like the you know the kingpin of of the previous generation you know talking talking the drug talk and everything in the, in the street talk and that future's kind of become one of the faces of this generation for that for that kind of sound so it was kind of a clash of generations there and, and, and kind of a, a connection of generations rather. And I thought that this record in the South had the same, uh, had the same feeling and the same, the same vibe and the same intentions. And I think it was delivered well. I thought Big Boy and Gucci played well off of each other. Um, the, the Gucci verse is actually from a previous song, which um, I could not, I can't remember off the, off the top of my head now. It's, I found it on Rap Genius, but um, it was it was actually an old Gucci verse. And again, the Pimp C feature just kind of blends everything together and makes it all fit into one package. And it it's just a very dope. It's it's a it's a record that's not only dope on the surface level, but it has a lot of kind of hip hop lineage and connections to it. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Well, I mean, first of all, in the South, perfect name for the track. Yeah. I mean, you have Gucci, Pimp C, Big Boy. Uh, Three three artists being iconic Southern rappers. Uh, the beat overall was fire. I thought it was awesome. Gucci's verse was super nice, and Pimp C killed the chorus. And then obviously Big Boy killed it too. He's I mean he pretty much did he did great rap or he rapped really well over pretty much the whole album. I thought I thought he did a really yeah. good job, but um, nothing short of what I would expect from Big Boy. Yeah, and so that that was one of the records that kind of stood out for me. Um, just again, it was, it was a is a record that had a lot of dope um, surface level stuff, but then if you dug deep and it, it kind of had some some nice little like hip hop hip hop homage moments on there, which was dope. So give me another track that you were feeling on this record that you wanted to talk about. Uh yeah, uh, let's talk about Made Man. Okay. Um, so that hard grimy or sorry grimy instrumental just makes you feel like uh they're really just about to go in and body the track at the beginning um i don't think the song overall was like full of a, a lot of substance or anything like that but i just kind of enjoyed uh hearing them spit their slick rhyme schemes and everything they, they were just kind of flexing on the track um 
I thought Corrupt was a little weak, but Big Boy and Killer Mike definitely both killed it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I agree with you. I think I think we're saying a lot of the same things here because I love the cypher type beat that this record gave, uh, despite there being a hook. The hook is super quick, so it kind of shines the spotlight on the verses, and that's where these OGs shine. I mean, it's it's three OGs. It's Killin' Mike, it's Corrupt, and it's Big Boy. And although the verses are not, I agree with you, there's not a lot of substance. There's nothing that's really, these aren't spectacular, all-time great verses. But the kind of aura that the star power gives, plus the the way the beat knocks, just creates, honestly, just a dope hip-hop record. And I agree with you on the Corrupt thing. Um, Corrupt is kind of just a side part of this song. Um, Just kind of giving, it it almost seems like he's kind of in the back giving his blessings on the record almost. Um, I'm a major Corrupt fan. uh, I'm probably one of the biggest Corrupt fans of all my friends I know. And so I definitely wished for more than that verse. But at the same time, anytime I hear corrupt, I'm going to be happy. So, yeah, I agree with you. This was this was a, a really, really dope record that I thought had um, Killer Mike, which he performed. He performed very well on the other track, too, which we'll talk about later. And um, I, I thought that I thought that all three verses I, or th- I thought that all three verses did their part. They weren't exactly phenomenal, but they did their part. Would you Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, cool. So, um, actually, I'll I'll jump into that as my next song. Then, um, the other song I wanted to talk about was uh, "Kill Jill," and obviously, it's a reference to Kill Bill. Um, that's where the song comes from. Right. And uh, Killer Mike absolutely delivers on his verse. Uh, uh, man, just so many quotables from there. That I don't even want to. I don't even want to start doing it because then I could quote the whole verse. Um, <laughs> Jeezy, Jeezy sounds the way Jeezy comes in the first time because I'm listening to this and so to paint a picture for the for for the listeners of this podcast when I when I listen to an album I hit play and I have my headphones on my first listen is very like strategic and set up. I always have my beats on and which I hope one day sponsor the podcast. And um, so I always have my beats on. I'm always sitting there and I'm always doing nothing else but just listening to the music. And I press play and I don't look at my phone. I just sit there and I listen and I just kind of try and soak in as much as possible on my first listen and kind of really um, dig deep. My first listen is always usually one of my most um, in-depth and focused listens when I when I review an album. And so so when that's kind of what I do. So. When I when I have it off and then Jeezy comes in, like I'm not expecting Jeezy to come in. I'm not looking at the track list. I don't know who's in what tracks or I don't even know what tracks are going. I don't know if some are, are two track parts or if it's another track or whatever. And so when Jeezy comes in, uh, you know, talking hella reckless as he says, um, that, that was just a that was just a really dope moment because the first rap album I ever bought was Young Jeezy, Thug Motivation one oh one. So Shout out to really? Jeezy. I'm a big I'm a big Jeezy fan. Yep, fourth grade. Bought the wow. clean version because of my mom. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um I'm also a big Jeezy fan, not not in that aspect that you are probably, but <laughs> I'm always excited when I see Jeezy on a on the track list. Um but it's funny the way you said that you go about listening to albums and stuff cuz I actually do it the reverse way. I kind of just sit down uh for the first listen and just take in everything i just kind of sit there and i'm probably usually working on something or whatever right just sitting in my chair with my speakers and i just listen to it 
And then once I'm ready to like really dive deep into it for the second listen, that's when I put the headphones on mm. and go to town on it with the, you know, with the lyrics and everything like that. Yeah. But that's, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, this, this track was really dope too. This was actually one that I was thinking about. Uh, this is one that I was thinking about talking about. Um, but the instrumental was super dope. I thought that instrumental was awesome. I actually don't know who produced that beat. Do you? Um, not offhand, but if you give me a second, I'll pull up Rap Genius and I'll look it up. And um, I also wanted to look okay. up... I, I'm going to pull up Rap Genius anyways because I wanted to look up... Um, they had the translations for that song. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did read the, those. Um, yeah, for for the... Uh, forgive me for... I don't even know... Um, where... The, I don't even... I don't even want to say I risk what language it is um, that it that they're speaking. I believe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I believe it's Japanese, but it could also be Chinese. I'm not. I'm kind of totally yeah, ignorant I'm, when I'm it comes sure. to when it comes to recognizing foreign languages. But um, uh, yeah. I'm so the same way. so when it when it comes the translations say that um, the intro says uh, "Love me, please embrace me, please stand by my side. I want your love to be left as my last memory." And then, and then they come in and it kind of, and it, and it fits because it fits because this whole verse is them just kind of acknowledging that their, their best days are, are past and they're kind of out of their prime. Um, but at the same time, they, now they just kind of want that respect. They want, um, and, and that they're, oh geez, like even with, even with Jeezy on the hook, I hear him talking hella reckless. I won't even stress it. Just kill him softly with my presence. Won't even address it. They say it's lonely at the top, but this is the best shit ever. So basically, kind of establishing their their place. And so um, that's so that that was dope. And it's uh, produced by Big Boy, Young Cali, and Organized Noise. So oh, cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, well, the part that you talked about with uh, with Killer Mike at the beginning, not only were his lyrics fire, but his delivery too. Right at yeah. the beginning of the song. Oh yeah. Was awesome. Um, I thought this was the dopest chorus on the album as well with Jeezy. I thought he absolutely brought the heat. Yeah. I loved that chorus. Uh, he just, like, that was raw. I yeah. really liked that. Um, and then the classic dope verse from Big Boy as well. Um, this was actually, I, I, I thought this was the best song on the album, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I would say I would say it's definitely up there for me. I, I go back and forth with another song. Um with another song that that I'll talk about in a minute, but um, go ahead and go ahead and give me the next uh, track you wanted to talk about. Okay, yeah, uh, Chocolate was actually the last song that I wanted to talk about. Okay, this one's this one I think will be interesting. I think we'll have some conversation off this one. So go ahead and take the floor. All right, so this song, when I listen to it, every time I listen to it, is my least favorite song on the album. Um, the beat didn't feel right to me, and the chorus I just thought was super annoying. I don't know what yeah. it is, but when I listen to this song, every time, I just want to skip it. I really don't even want to listen to it. Um, and I don't think it's that bad. It's just It just annoys me. Um, but Big Boy's verses were super short, and the repetition like over and over and over of the, of the chorus slash bridge, whatever you want to call it, it like I said, it just annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah, you know, wow. I thought we were gonna really have some disagreement because when you sent me, uh, for fans for fans that don't know really how I prep these podcasts, when I talk to guests, I say, hey, 
send me the tracks you want to talk about. Just send them to me. Don't give me the reason why. Just give me the tracks, and then they pick three tracks or four tracks or however many tracks they pick. Then I pick the same amount going off of their list. Um, and so when he sent me Chocolate, I was like, okay. I was like, I was like don't tell me you like this song because I, <laughs> I, I really just – I'm with you. I hate this song. To me, I, I won't call it garbage because – I mean, I guess the whole kind of techno-electric type m- music is not just me. But personally, like you said, you took the words out of my mouth. I literally have it typed on my notes. This instrumental annoys me. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, When every time I listen to it, I'm just like, it. I struggled to yeah. like get through it like every time that I listen to it. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I'm sure this sounds maybe okay in the right atmosphere, but I don't even see where the atmosphere or, or the record is being played, like, in the club. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, like, to me, it kind of, this record doesn't, it doesn't seem to have the status or, or the popularity to be played in the club now, and it kind of sounds like, to me, like a 2000s club record. Like, I don't think it sounds like, I don't think it sounds like what what you're hearing normally in clubs, right? Like today? No, no, definitely not. Like, like you said, I, just, I don't really know what he was aiming for yeah. with this song, but yeah, uh, not a fan. Yeah, exactly. I think he's kind of aiming for some type of club record here, but I just don't, I just don't think it, I just don't think it reaches that. I don't, I don't know where this is being played other than the club that he's in, and they know he's in there, so they're gonna play it. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know, I don't know where else yeah. he's gonna, he's, he's gonna play this record or he's gonna hear this record. And, you know, as someone that's just listening to music, like, this is not a song that I'm going to I'm gonna sit down and just want to listen to. Like, no, I'm not even going to want to listen to this as background music. I'm, I'm off this track. I, I don't like this. This is the one track on this album that I hate. Yep, I'm, I completely agree with you, man. <laughs> All right, so, so then we can, we can end on a lighter note because my last track that I want to talk about is Mick Jack. And... Um, or Mike Jack, I think uh, is it Mike Jack? Or, I, I'm, I would I'm assume guessing it's, it's Mike, Mike Jack. Jack. Yeah, so yeah, I think so. So um, th- this along with All Night are kind of tied to me as like the most outcast type soundy records on here. Um, Adam Levine kills the hook, man. It's very poppy, but it works for me. Um, usually, I'm not a fan of very poppy hooks, but Adam Levine kills it. Um, and I think I think. It, it, I think that the feature with uh, Sleepy Brown was dope because he's a frequent collaborator of Big Boy, um, and perhaps one of their most notable moments together is their smash hit, "The Way You Move." That's always been my jam forever and ever. Um, so, so it was dope to see Sleepy Brown back on a record with with Big Boy. Um, I love Big Boy's verses on here, where he really lays out his legendary status in the game. Uh, Plus, he delivers a line, I'll, I'll build a bear before I build a bitch, one of my favorite lines off the album. Uh, and I love how he gives a shout-out to um, his Outcast days with the ATLians reference. Just overall, this is just a very dope record. And um, we didn't talk about the intro track, but as, as a quick side note, like the first like four or five tracks, like you really, he, Big Boy makes it a, a point to establish his presence and his and his legendary status in the first like four or five records straight he's he's saying in some type of way or establishing in some type of way just his, cementing kind of his legacy almost yeah well i'm glad that we actually have a little bit of disagreement on this uh, uh, okay we haven't we haven't on any of the other ones so be a good switch up um yeah not that i thought the song was bad at all um but 
I really liked the way Big Boy brought um, that like '90s flow yeah. to the beginning of the song and everything, but it was something about that funk sound that just like didn't stick with me. Um, and even though I'm a huge Adam Levine fan and I thought he did a great job, I didn't think he personally fit the song as well as maybe something that would have sounded more eighties or nineties. Okay. Yeah. See, I could see where you're coming from with that, but I, I disagree. I think Adam, I think Adam Levine, I think, I think he, he really fit the hook. Well, in my opinion, I think the way that, um, the way, the way that he rides the hook and the chords kind of match the funk sound, but I get what you're saying where I, I, if anything, I would say that the one thing about, about Mike Jack that you could say sounds off is maybe the verses. I don't think it's the hook. To me, I think the hook, the hook's almost perfect. Like when I hear that hook, it's now to the point where I hear that hook and I can't picture, I can't picture any other, any other words or sounds coming other than, other than what is on the hook. Like I, like that's how you know you have a really good hook. Like when, when you'll have a song fade out or something and, and it's fading out the hook and you'll sing the hook unconsciously or you'll, or you, you'll really understand like one of the good songs that does that for me is Kanye West off 808s and heartbreak. He has a song, um, I believe it's street lights. And so mm-hmm. as, as it's fading out, like you just, you're just realizing how perfectly the melody fits with the hook when you're not hearing the verse, you're just hearing, hearing, um, or you're not hearing the melody you're just hearing the instrumental and so i think that that's one of the, that's the same way i feel about this hook is i think it's actually perfect like in my opinion i really like yeah the yeah hook. yeah i definitely i see where you're coming from i just i don't know like i said i love adam levine most of the stuff he does i'm a huge fan of i just thought maybe there could have been somebody else that just would have had more of like a more of like a 90s type sound to their voice that i thought would have fitted a little bit better but yeah hey. To each his own. Yeah, and, and see that that's that's the interesting part about your about your point there is the whole '90s thing. Like, I honestly don't. I honestly, I I see the '90s. I see and and hear the '90s elements in there. But actually, when I hear that record with all the with all the funk and the electronics in, in the mm-hmm. background, I actually the record gives a more futuristic feeling, a more outer a spacey outer outer space feeling to me, like a science fiction feeling. Uh, do you do you not get that, or do you kind of get more of the '90s stuff? I could see that definitely. I think it might be just honestly, it might just be like the the bias of Big Boy and the song that makes me feel like it should be more like early two thousands nineties. But I def I definitely yeah I I mean I can see that I can I can definitely see that yeah. All right, so um, if you're if you're cool with this, we'll then we'll uh, we'll hop into our overall thoughts on the album. So if you're if you're good for that, go ahead and take the floor, give your rating and and your points on why, and then we'll kind of go back and forth. All right, cool. Um, so I really enjoyed the album, and I was actually very pleasantly surprised. Uh, I remember right after I listened to it for the first time, the first thing that I thought of for some reason was Snoop Dogg's Kool Aid al- uh, album. Yeah. That's funny. And I felt the exact same way when I listened to that album as I did to this one right after after first listen. Um, I think it's because both of them, I would say, are out of their prime, like I right. mentioned before with Big Boy. And I wasn't expecting that much, but I really enjoyed Kool-Aid more than I have a lot of Snoop's projects recently. And this one, I wasn't, you know, I, his last two projects... Um, um, 
Kool-Aid and big, Never Left. Big, no, oh, oh, uh, Big, big Boy. Oh, big, yeah. big Grams and Vicious Lies and Dangerous Rumors. Yeah. Um, those weren't my favorite projects from him. I actually liked uh, uh, Sir Lucius Left Foot much better than those other two. So I oh, wasn't yeah. expecting a whole lot going into the album. I thought maybe it would just be another album that I thought was just okay, but I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, and uh, when I think of Snoop and Big Boy, I think of them out of their prime. So d- dropping a dope project seems unexpected at this point for them to yeah. me. But I, like I said, I like the album a lot um, and I'd give it about a seven and a half out of 10. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, and it, kind of it kind of fits the flow of the podcast because we've agreed a lot so um i'm going with a seven out of ten um to me i agree with you i i like this album it's solid outside of one bad song and one okay song which is freakonomics i really just don't know how i feel about that record honestly every time i hear it sometimes yeah sometimes i I take it or leave it yeah sometimes i feel like i like it sometimes i feel like i don't like it sometimes i just feel like it's there so um but outside outside of those two, I like the rest of the album. It's solid. Uh, the reason this album does not strike a higher score for me is because I just don't know how often I'll return to this album because this is not his best album. And so when I'm in the mood to listen to Big Boy, there's just between Outcast and and between Outcast and his other solo albums, there's just so much more better options. So uh, so I can't see myself returning to a lot of these songs post. Um, like post like a month from now and so you know there, there'll be a few that are in my rotation for now a few songs but after after they kind of fade out i don't know how how often i'll come back to this album and you know maybe my rating is a little factored by my biased love to outcast i'll, I'll admit that um like i said earlier he he kind of has this shadow around him um this like large looming shadow that is the the astronomical success that outcast was so um so that kind of factors a lot of people's perceptions of the album and i'm trying my best not to make that the case for me but i'm acknowledging the fact that it can be part of my part of my rating and can be a factor of my rating uh the album to me has like this futuristic and electronic tone to it this science fiction almost tone to it and while that's not my personal preference i still feel it it falls short of creating a feeling where the listeners can like immerse themselves in this sound guys like kanye does with 808s and heartbreaks like you if if you love it or hate it, like you can totally listen to that album and be immersed in that sound. Like graduation, college dropout, these are albums where you, where he he has a sonic, he has a he has a goal sonically, and he kind of immerses you in that in that common sound that's throughout the whole album, and you you kind of feel like it, you kind of feel like you're taken to another world. And and Big Boy doesn't do that with this album, so a lot of these records are just good because you have. You have uh, good bars. You have you have dope hooks. You there's not that many flaws in the records, but again, it's there's nothing that's really immersing you and taking you in on these records. And so, with that being said, a lot of these records are just good, but they're not great. And so, I can't give an album higher than a seven when it doesn't have many high moments because, despite there not being many flaws, I mean, like we said, there's not that many flaws in this album. But when it comes to there's not really any extreme highs either on this album so to me it's it's good but it's not big boy's best solo work uh how do you feel about that yeah i agree 100 percent. like yeah i really liked what you said about um you know how you have a few of these songs in rotation for now but when you go back and listen to big boy 
you're obviously not going to listen to this album for the most part. You're going to go back and listen to his best work, which is the exact same way that I feel. Right? I mean, uh, right before this podcast, I actually went back and listened to uh, Sir Lucius Leftfoot instead of listening to Boomiverse again just because I just wanted right. to go listen to what I thought was better, his, some of his best work. Yeah, so I agree. So um, my favorites off the record, and, and I'll give you a chance to give yours real quick, is uh, mine are... Mine are Kill Jill, Mick Jack, and Made Man. Those are those are my favorite, and In the South. So, give me a few of your favorites off the album. Well, I really like the intro track as well. Yeah. The next day, um, so that track with Kill Jill, In the South, and Made Man. Those were probably all my favorite uh, songs from this album. All right, cool, man, Connor. Well, thank you for coming on, Connor Ennis, a Kickback Hip Hop. Everybody, why don't you go ahead and uh, do your plug fans before before I give him a chance to to plug himself just know that I and I say this in every podcast so I hope the fans know by now that in my descriptions of every podcast I have all the links that they talk about and so you can find all my guests work in um in the description of my podcast so Connor go ahead and take the floor and tell them where they can find you all right so on Twitter it is at kickback hip hop. That is the best way to follow me, honestly. My YouTube page is on there. I post every video there. Um, I post some of my comments and opinions on there as well. Um, I'm trying to get the follower. Uh, the following there is really important to me, so that would be the best place to follow me. Um, I don't have a channel link yet because I don't have enough subscribers, but if you search for Kickback Hip Hop on YouTube, you can find it there as well. Hmm. All right, yeah, cool, and... Uh, like I said, Connor's just starting and he's doing great work. Um, I've talked to him months and months before the launch of, of Kickback Hip Hop. And, you know, now that he's launching it and he's doing work consistently and he does a lot of dope things too. He does some things that his video, he has a, he has a videos on YouTube, which is, which is very interesting, a layer that I'm hoping that I'm diving into soon. Again, I'll give you the updates on chrisplay.com when I can and as well as launching on YouTube and all the, all the, all the stuff that I'm planning on doing that I announced on the quarter podcast that I did earlier. Um, again, those, those will be coming to fruition soon. I just don't want to put anything out there until the release dates and everything are fully locked in and official. And so with, with what Connor's doing and everything, he does, he does quick, quick hit videos on, you know, things like the double XL that I don't, that I haven't even talked about things like the double XL list. Um, you know, he did a, he did a dope two chains album review and, he does he does things differently than me. He it's just himself. He does he does um track by track so he hits so the fans who you wanna hear you wanna hear somebody's thoughts on every single track, go to Kickback Hip Hop because when he reviews, he does a very thorough review of every single song on there. And so fans um fans often feel I know that's one of the complaints I get sometimes is that there's certain records that fans wished I would have talked about but didn't. Uh, so if you want to, if you want to check out a, a a great inside knowledge that gives that gives great knowledge on all of the records on every single album, check out Connor because Connor does great work. So thank you, buddy, for coming on, man. Uh, it's been a long time in the making, and it's definitely not going to be the last. Um, we're definitely we definitely already are planning a, a whole bunch of other podcasts that we're going to get to. So um, in the meantime, man, take care, and uh, I'm sure the fans will see you again soon. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. No problem, man. Take care. You too.